Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Five Out. When you say Five Out, what do you mean by that? We're going to be talking about the Celtics and their trade market uh, and what they can look at in terms of big guys. Steven Adams, realistic? No. I know we touched on it before, but I came up with a list for you guys. It was on EI.com. We'll talk about that a little bit and kind of reassess where the Celtics are after playing the Sixers and having this weird five-day layoff. So bizarre. we got some LeBron stuff to talk about. Of course, now they're talking about LeBron and AD versus Kobe and Shaq. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, the Mavericks, how do they look without Luka? Obviously, they got the win against the Bucks, but they got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. And then there's the Jalen Brown comments about Kyrie Irving, which you wrote about the site. We'll save that towards the end of the show. Uh, give my, I, I got to talk about Brandon Clark a little bit, too. And, of course, Ty needs to vent about the Bulls. Um, but we got plenty to get to. Leave rating, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. It helps the show out a ton. Uh, when you leave a review, please send us a screenshot to the show on Twitter or Instagram at 5OutPod to get a free t-shirt from us. And make sure you also DM us your ideas that you want us to touch on for the next two episodes. we got the 2019 year in review episode coming up for right around Christmas. And then we have the decade in review coming out right around New Year's, New Year's Eve. And let's get it going. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah. I just want to be alright with it, yeah. I'm really bummed that Matt can't be here tonight. Because there is, there. I mean, he always loves to talk Celtics and everything, but there's a... One thing that we're going to get to in particular that, like you said, it would be perfect for him. Yeah. But unfortunately, with high school schedule and everything like that going on, he could not be here. He will be in the year-end episode. That's what we're doing first. And then we got the all-decade episode, I think. You're that one we're asking do. about James Harden not getting to the free throw line as much in the past exactly. five games. Exactly. And he's getting okay. snubbed left and right about uh, with when it comes to the player of the week stuff. Meanwhile, with Spencer Dinwiddie got it three weeks in a row. Jaron Jackson was in it last weekend. Was it LeBron? And Bam, right? Out of bio, got Bam it? Bam out of bio. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's he's been outstanding. Um, but speaking of bigs, we saw Joel Embiid back in Boston. There's been, was it five days off, Ty? It was five days off between the Celtics lo- losing to the Sixers, right? Yes. Yep. And then playing the Mavericks. It makes no sense. They, I, they have, like, their own built-in All-Star break, which it's, I mean, what is the All-Star break usually? Three days, four days straight off? Something like that. The Celtics yeah. get five. I've never seen that in... And the NBA schedule, I don't, well, I don't get it. There are some I've seen some really long layoffs this year. I think I saw the Nets have a long one too, and there have been a couple others. How does that happen when you have back to backs in the schedule still? These are computer generated schedules to optimize time off. But can we space out five days? Maybe have two here, two here, not five straight. Like 
How does that do any team good? It's good for the Celtics, who are banged up right now. But. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, you got Marcus Smart, who's got the eye infection. Now it's in both eyes. Yeah. Then you got uh, Robert Williams with an injury I've never heard of a before. A bone edema. Edema, is that? I, yeah, I asked Christian what that was. He tried to explain it. I'm not really sure. He basically he said it was not. a bruise. He said it's uh, essentially a bruise. It's essentially a bruise, and they're saying he needs to be reassessed in three weeks? I, I think that's why I think he's wrong. Oh, I, 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 I know. I think he's confusing it for a contusion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Edema is a little bit different. Yeah. We'll C and E are right next to each other in the alphabet, yes. right? There's a D Very in between close. there. Uh, but And then Vincent Poirier broke his finger, so of course... Now, what does that mean? It means it's taco time, and that's the first thing on everyone's mind. You see it on Twitter, Vincent Poirier, broken finger, right. his pinky. Yeah, taco's going to come up here and there, but he's not going to be there all the time. He's still on, the, um, on a two-way deal. He's got 45-day limit. It's not just—you can't just bring him up and keep him there forever. It, they will manage the games, and support. it looks like he's going to be there for Dallas— so he can play Bobon, which is great. That's what everybody wants to see. Bobon versus Taco. That wow. would be that would be something, right? I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, in a situation like this, so you play him a little bit. I mean, I don't trust Taco a ton at this stage. He's dominated down in the G League, but it's still the G League. I mean, there's no two ways about it. All those guys are worried about getting theirs more than anything, and they just make a ton of mistakes. There's no. They, you can say what you want about the NBA and team basketball. The G League is devoid of that. I know you're not watching most of that, right? No. No. Okay. Well, I have to because of my job. I, I do see the highlights, and I saw what Brent Brown had 14 threes in a game, 13 threes, 13 he, for 13. Yeah, it was it something, was un, something un, unreal. Like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I cannot remember what the what that pace was, but the, he went. I actually did. I don't know if I watched that game because I don't think Taco played, but he went. That guy went off. Um, and Tremont's look good too, and I mean, and Matt is—I know he got what, it was a Player of the Month or whatever, and Matt has a little victory lap or whatever. But the whole thing yeah. with Taco is it just highlights like what we saw in the game against the Sixers, where the Celtics need another big man. Yes, Robert Williams looked good when he was there, but I still think he's not the answer. He's not refined enough yet. He may be the answer eventually, but the thing about Cantor in his performance against Embiid, because it seemed like on Twitter. Even myself, I was I was surprised. Cantor looked a lot better than I thought he was going to against Embiid. I thought Cantor was great, but he was not. I, I didn't go walk away from that game and say, "Oh yeah, you no. know what? They're fine with Cantor against Embiid. That's going to work." He's not the solution to the problem you have. You can't. I mean, he made nice plays. He poked the ball loose. He got. He forced like a jump ball or whatever here, and like he he made nice plays. But what you got to look at in this situation is, and I get it, your fans, you just want to enjoy the game, fine. But look at the foundation. What is the foundation with a big man in the post? I care about what does he look like when he, the guy's backing him down. That's what's so miraculous about Smart and why I kind of can buy in. Because guys can't back him down like Embiid did to Cantor. Because he backed him down seriously. And I wrote this. Well, in my, Embiid's going to back down everybody in the he, league. He is. But, I mean, he, it was, Ty, it was like if you were in there, it would have been almost the same result. Ran right through him. I mean, right. you're just, you're, what, 150 pounds soaking wet? you got to have a resistance. He exactly. Didn't, he didn't have it. And Cantor didn't have that. thank you. Uh, Cantor didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, and it's, again, I get it. It's Embiid and he's a beast and everything like that. But, what does Adebayo look like against that? I don't know. I mean, what what does maybe a Steven Adams look like against that? I don't know. Both those guys hold their own. Cantor would not. Okay, exactly. Well, yeah. Cantor, I They're thought upgrades. was... They're clear upgrades to Cantor. Exactly. And or every, Tice or whoever you throw out there. Exactly. And, and Tice, I mean, that's not a guy we look at and say that's what he's going to do. No. Robert Williams, he's, you think he combats him with his length and his athleticism and he can make up for it to some extent or at least play solid health defense. Yeah. Tice... Tice has been fine. I, I don't want to go and criticize Tice, honestly. And this one's just that he is what he is, and he usually does a good job with it. But, I mean, we walk away from that Sixers game, and 
if you're not thinking, yeah, the Celtics got to add a big in some capacity, I feel like you're just kidding yourself. I'm not, I'm not wrong, right? You're not wrong, but then again, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. I don't know what you give up to do that and yep. answer that because you may you may weaken your team if you try and fill that hole. If you get rid of a Marcus Smart to bring in a guy like uh, Stephen Adams who is owed twenty five million dollars. Yeah, the Stephen Adams thing. I don't know where that's coming from. It's not. I don't. I don't see that happening. No. I mean, it, it's one thing if. The rumors are out there, and I know Greeny wrote a, a thing that Woj said on the jump. Ty and I tried to find that sound. I think Greeny went off of a tweet. Yeah, I'm not it, sure that actually happened. I mean, yeah. it's still a possibility, and it's something that Celtics fans think about because there is a need, and Steve Adams yes. is a guy probably available. Well, Tangway wants that. Like, he's likable. You know, he has that great New Zealand accent, but yes. it's not happening. It's and he not happening. It, and he's pretty good at the free throw line in clutch situations, right? Apparently. Yeah, apparently he is. And he was going to the line against my Bulls in a tie game. <laughs> That's right. It was against the Bulls. So I'll set up the situation. 26 point lead. Bulls are up 26. A franchise record comeback for the Thunder. Oh, and I didn't know that. so it is, I think, a 102-102 game yeah. with four seconds left. And they go to, in, no, I'm sorry, 1.5 seconds left. In, oh. Inbounding the ball from under the basket, they throw a lob up to uh, to Stephen Adams, who's being guarded by Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. And all Wendell does is literally just hug Stephen Adams oh. as he's going to catch the ball in the mm-hmm. air. And so, clear as day foul. You're in the bonus. Yeah. A tie game, the one thing you don't do is foul somebody. Steven Adams is the one guy you would want to foul, so he goes to the free throw line. A, I think a 51% free throw shooter this oh, year. I didn't know that. So he's going to the free throw line, not good at all, and he makes it, and long story short, the Bulls lose, Thunder win, it's a celebration inside inside <laughs> Chesapeake Arena, and here's Steven Adams uh, post-game talking about the situation with the game on the line. Steven, how did this feel? Free throw shooting's been such a key for you this season. How did it feel to hit that one and then make the heads up play after? Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> my pants. And I should have done. I should have free throw. It's a lot. It's, it's pretty tough. I didn't realize how much pressure it is, eh? but you know, I made it, mate. I'll be happy with it. Congratulations, Steven. How did this feel? The, the biggest comeback here at home in OKC history. Uh, it's like one of those, like, yeah, it's cool, but then it's not cool. Does that make sense? Like, we shouldn't. Yeah, but we'll accept it, mate. We'll take a look. All right, go ahead. That's a wiggy one. Yeah, you know, it's cool, but then it's like, it's like not cool. Yeah, it's cool, but then it's not cool. You know who he's boys with, right? He's boys Steve with... Adams? Yeah. He used to be boys with Mitch. Like, really cool Mitch. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, we need to, to uh, him, yeah. look at that down the line. Can you imagine Mitch, Ennis Cantor, and Steven Adams in a room together? Well, I was going to say, he was he was boys with Cantor. Yeah. They they had like this like whole beard, oh, yeah. mustache thing They going. loved it. They were the stash bros in OKC. Was Mitch buds with Cantor? Oh, yeah. How the hell have you not told me this? I'm around Cantor every freaking day. I would have brought that up you at some point. You should have brought it up. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't. We should, I, we should do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe should, we'll have a Mitch and Ennis Cantor reunion on the mm, Five Out Pod. One well, Cantor's got his own podcast now, so then that's a whole other thing going on. But anyway, and, and I mean, no, look, Cantor. I think he he serves a purpose in the grand scheme of things. Offensively, he's definitely helpful, and I mean, on the glass in general, he's good. But it's just you need a guy who can defend a big. And if you're not going to be able to defend a big, you need to be able to, to like a, a pure big like Embiid. And I understand he can still stretch it out, and there aren't many guys like him anymore. But what I mean is like a f- guy who can get physical down low on the offensive end. If you cannot do oh, that. Oh, like Aaron Baines, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Aaron Baines okay, would be yes. ideal. That's why he wasn't on my list. But if you can't do that like Baines does, you need to be also able to defend the perimeter in some capacity. If there's a stretch guy, right? If you got... 
If you got Embiid who wants who decides yeah. one night, you know what? I don't want to bang down low. I'm just going to hang around the perimeter because he does that. That's why Shaq and uh, who is it? Shaq and Chuck called him out. Right? We talked about that. I think a little bit. So, you, I when I made my list that I wrote for wei.com, the five bigs Celtics could target uh, in a trade. That was some of the stuff that I considered in the courses. Are these guys straight-up rim protectors um, in the paint, or can they get outside? So the guys that I had, and I'm curious which which ones you like, if any. And you had Vonley, Scalabazier, okay. right. Mo Wagner, <laughs> Jakob Hurdle. Did, did you say Noel? Was... Noel. Those are my Nerlens? five guys. Nerlens Noel. Ooh, I like Nerlens. Those, those are my five guys. I mean, there's also, if they were made available... I would say Mitchell Robinson from the Knicks Good would be luck. would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen. What the hell else do the Knicks have besides Mitchell Robinson and yeah, exactly RJ uh, Barrett? Uh, uh, Kevin Knox, too. That's the other guy for Who's some reason. Him? I feel like Knicks Twitter likes him. Um, the other one, I think Forsberg tw- were, uh, included him was uh, Taj Gibson. I guess he has some decent numbers against uh, against Embiid. Taj is good. Yeah. Um. I I love Taj Gibson. He was part of the bench mob. Jakob Hurdle. The awesome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One of the the best names. I know fucking that name. I can't believe I didn't know that's how you spelled it. When you see it, it doesn't read the way, you know. Anyways, but. Sorry. um, God damn, dude. I forgot. What we were no, we were talking about um the the Taj Gibson. Oh, yes. Because you've seen uh, him Taj plenty. Gibson, no. No, thanks. Okay. Love Taj Gibson on the Bulls. Uh, probably, what, 33, 34 years old? Because he came out as like a 25-year-old rookie. Right. Like a four-year guy mm-hmm. at USC. Really good. At, he's a great team player, but I don't think he's going to give you what this team's looking for. I think the age I is think Canada might be better than Tosh Gibson at this point. Yeah. I, 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 think, I, I think that's almost clear. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad take at all. And defensively, I don't think he's the guy, the anchor you're looking for that's going to stop a Joel Embiid. I don't yeah. think there's that guy out there, but mm-hmm. I would like a Mitchell Robinson or Noah Vonley or... A Jakob Hurdle. Friggin' Jakob Hurdle. I can't. Nerlens no wouldn't be bad either. Wasn't there some offseason stuff here with Boston and the Celtics uh, in Nerlens? Um, I don't think there was. I don't like know. The mid level, I think, was a possibility for him. And we, then he went we somewhere had else. We said it was a possibility, and then and it was nothing came of it. I don't think there were any rumors. I know Greeny wrote that that would be a good fit. I know I said that it would be a good fit. Outside of that, I don't know if there was any Woj traction or shams or anything like that. I mean, when I wrote the story, I said that I would go with Nerlens Noel over Jakob Hurdle. Hurdle would be my number two, and I think the only reason he's realistic is because the Spurs are such a disappointment. And if Matt's uh, reporting, I guess we'll call it about uh, about uh, what's his uh, pop and everything, if that's all factual and everything, and, and DeRozan could be gone, then it's like okay, now everybody's kind of dispensable. Now you can trade picks or something like that. So that's why Hurdle could happen. That's why Noel. They want picks. That's all they want over in uh, OKC. That could happen, too. I have not watched Mo Wagner this year. Only watched him at Michigan and very limited time watching him as a rookie with the Lakers. He's averaging, if he played 36 minutes, he's averaging 20 points a game for the Wizards this year, shooting 58% and 40 from three. Mm -hmm. Why would you not want that guy who can step out and shoot, play some defense, get rebounds, score a little bit? It sounds like he would be almost an upgraded version of like a Daniel Tice. So uh, if I was picking... Yeah, I th- I, th- I don't think that's terrible. Um, On a rookie deal, I think a second round draft pick too. So it's, it's so super cheap. I would go Noel, Hurdle. Uh, I'd actually probably go Scal, and then I'd probably go Wagner, and then Layman. I think Layman might be the mm, but they, now they Layman like... doesn't do anything of that these five guys do. I think he's more of a guy who's going to step out. I think he's a small ball four. 
Yeah, but they a t- guy who's yeah. gonna run and and guard like a, mm-hmm. a mellow who's playing the four or a, a power. He doesn't play the traditional power forward role. No, he doesn't. You know, but he, he was. Uh, he's honest, a good shooter, really good shooter. Yeah, he is. He's and they've but they've talked about. I look. I haven't watched a ton of the T Wolves. I've watched a little bit, but they've talked about like in, in his absence because he's dealing with an injury right now. I think it's a toe. Um, I have it in the store. Yeah, he's dealing with a toe injury. But uh, all the guys are talking about how he's being missed defensively. So just having another piece like that, I think would like where he meshes well with yeah. everybody. That's the only reason that he's in there. But. I think the first three guys I listed, like when you're talking defense and a guy who can either, like I said, you have to have a guy who can protect the paint. I think that Hurdle's going to help you with that. I think that Scal's going to help you with that. And then I think Noel can do a little bit of both. And he's and I think he's his athleticism is definitely more so there than the other two I just mentioned. So, so who would you go with then? You would go with Wagner? I would go... It's... I love I love Scalabizier because he was like a, a blockbuster prospect coming out of high school and didn't really play. He played a, a, a it was a one and done guy at Kentucky, but like it was underwhelming. But like I think that potential's like there. Like I would want to take risk on guys who could be like I I wouldn't sign Nerlens Noel because I know who he is. I, mm. There's like the, the the ceiling is so low on him. Mm-hmm. But a guy like. Scalabizier or uh, or even Noah Vonley, who I think is like 21 still, super long, like a 7'5 wingspan, can step out and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Will Wagner, like these guys can end up being a starter for you one day. I, I po- possibly. Mm-hmm. They could develop into guys like that, whereas a New Orleans Noel and a Jake Lehman, I don't see that. Right. And so I would probably take a chance on a younger guy on a second round draft pick contract like a Vonley or Vonley's not anymore. I think he's probably just on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. But like a Wagner or a Scal, a cheap guy who is super young, twenty twenty one, can step out, shoot the three, long, play defense, athletic. As long as these guys can put it all together, they could be a huge blockbuster in terms of a trade for you for what, two, three million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would it's be worth ideal. the risk. That yeah. would be ideal. I mean I I Vonley I think was on my ori- I originally had six, but I was like, I don't want to do t- two T Wolves guys. And I, Muscala was kind of a throw one, I will say, in the course of things. I, I think Noah was one of those guys who kind of bounced around too much to start his career, didn't mm. really get the right footing because, like, he showed some really good spurts with the crappy Knicks team last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He played uh, some decent minutes for the Trailblazers at time, but he's, he's not getting a ton of minutes now either. Right, and he was at the la- he was there Indiana for the last year of Tom Crean, and mm. it was like it was he was a star mm-hmm. at Indiana. I thought he was going to be like a legit like top five, top ten draft pick. That's and, why you love and be him. Really good. I love. You. Yeah, I'm by. I'll admit it, <laughs> but I think you have to take a risk on like, on that guy if you're making a trade rather than like a veteran big man like a Taj Gibson. I, I want to take a risk on a younger guy who probably has been underwhelming or underachieving and put him in the system with Brad, where guys who have almost all these guys are elevating their game right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know a Vonleh or a Mo Wagner or. I don't know. Bizier could be one of those well, guys. Well, and the thing is, too, with anybody we've seen that's walked through here, they're always better defensively when they play under Brad. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Noel's 25, by the way. He's turned in 26 in April. But he has, like, yep. four ACL tears. Like, mm, he has really bad knees. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I like I like watching him a lot. That's I, I will say, I'm yeah. just it's a little biased here because I enjoy watching him play. Yeah. But anyway... um, I think those, I mean, but the the reason why I go with those guys is, again, they're realistic to trade for. So when Tangway is talking left and right about how they got to trade Steven Adams for Gordon Hayward, 
A, they're not trading Gordon Hayward. That's not going to happen. And B, Stephen Adams is, as far as I'm concerned, Stephen Adams is out of the question. The money doesn't add up. You have to trade a significant piece to get the deal done for multiple reasons. And, I mean, who are you going to, you're not going to get rid of your top five guys. Brad keeps talking all the time about how they love that they know who their five best guys are. They're killing it right now. They're, what, what's the record right now? Uh, I should know that off the top it's of like my head. It's like nineteen and five or something ridiculous seconds, like that. They are seventeen and seven. Okay, so I mean they. Well, this is what happens. Like you said, when you have the five days off, and then you and you lose back to back to the Sixers and the Pacers, yeah. who have bigs, and then it's like, oh, we need to get a big, and and, and I don't I don't hate that because I wrote I, I you know I mean plenty of people wanted to read about it, but it's like. You just can't go and assume that it's just we're going to get a superstar big. And is that necessarily what you want, is to get another guy who needs a lot of shots? Steven Adams, I will say, though, is good about being deferential when he needs to. Lord knows he did it a ton when it came to his rebounding stats while playing with Westbrook. Because that guy was all about getting the triple-doubles, as much as I like him. Anyway, um, you mentioned the Pacers. I saw a rumor today that they might be looking to trade... Miles Turner. Don't tell me about yeah. I, okay, where the hell did you see it? Was, because okay, it was Eric Eric Pincus, I think is his name. Okay, so Andy Hart from the Off Day uh, Basketball podcast. Insiders NBA TV. Okay, well, Basketball Insiders is legit, but when Andy, um, what the hell was it? Um, Andy Hart quote tweeted the story and asked Miles Turner, and I feel like that's one guy that's on everybody's mind. Why the hell are they going to do that? I don't. I, I, like, it doesn't explain to me. Why would they? Yes. Why would um, they want to get rid of him? We I'm not really him. sure what they're looking for. They would have to basically admit they're they're not a title contending team. But I mean, the co- and Old Old Depot might have to have another. You'd have to have some really dire circumstances in Indianapolis to blow it up and get rid of a guy like Miles Turner. Who but you just got who, Brogdon. We just named all of these bigs who are athletic and can step out and shoot the ball. He can do all that and block your shot at the rim. Yep. He is an insanely good shot blocker. He yes. Is, he has not even reached his ceiling at all. No, he hasn't, and that's what and I why don't would understand. They, that makes no sense. They would want to get that's, rid of him. That, when he get, his name gets brought up, it's like they, he's just in the first year of a four-year, eighty million dollar contract. Why the hell are they going to want to move him? This doesn't make any sense. You now, have him. That, you that contract ex- could te- could potentially be like very valuable, like an yes. undervalue for him. Yes, like he he could be a guy who can, can get a max contract down the line. I think he could probably get a max contract now. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brown got five for one hundred and seven. Mm, yep, yep, Miles Turner got four but for eighty. You're invested in him. You're invested in Sabonis. You just signed Brogdon. You have Lamb, who's a good, who's like a good piece to have on a winning team. Um, and then you have Vic. And I get it. It's taken a while, and they're going to take their time with it. I, I said at the beginning of the year that we don't know what they're going to look like, and, and they're not. We haven't even seen him yet. So who knows what it's going to look like by the time he gets back and. They'll be in contention for the postseason still, and whatever. They're, they're, when Glenn says "cute little team," I think that's what the Pacers are right now without Victor Oladipo. They 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 have a solid record and everything like that. They're what eighteen and nine right now, sixth in the Eastern Conference. But they're they're, they're not going to win anything without Oladipo. But we don't know if we're getting the real guy back. But why would you get rid of Turner when he's clearly an important piece when it comes to the future and contending? Because when you it get Oladipo, no no. when you get Oladipo. I mean, and he's at full strength, then I'd be willing to say, 
Yeah, maybe they're the third best team. Maybe they, they, they could compete for the top seed in the East if Victor Oladipo is healthy. Victor Oladipo. We need to play more cuts of guys like screwing stuff up. Garson Yabusele? Thank you. Well, that's not as significant, but okay. Then there's uh, someone getting Antetokounmpo's name wrong, too. I forget who that is. It's Jack. He gets Giannis's name wrong, too. It's like, how do you not know how to say that? Antetokounmpo. Oh, Glenn, you are my hero. Antetokounmpo. On the Celtic schedule. We have They have the Mavs coming up. They have the Mavs on Wednesday. Depending on when you listen to this, they may have already played the Mavs. Now, they're going to be without Luka Doncic. They beat the Bucks without Luka. Obviously an exciting ending. Uh, Giannis almost mounted a comeback, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if he's going to be out for a couple weeks, which is what's been reported, I legitimately looked at this and was like, are they? could they possibly get bounced out of the postseason? Because right now they're third in the West as we're recording this. They are 18-8. and eight. I don't know. I, I thought that, but I, now that I'm seeing there are two teams in the West that are sub-500, I don't think, though, I don't think that'll be the case, but I could see it where they get themselves in a position where they could lose home court, and it may be hard for them to get that back because the Nuggets and the Rockets. Because right now it's Lakers, and Clippers. And is, what, three weeks out? It's they said a couple weeks, which probably means three weeks. They're not going to rush him back. No, they're not going to rush him no back. No way. Because you can't. I mean, and if you're them, you're not looking at it saying we're contending. Because no, I, I mean, Porzingis isn't there. I mean, he has his moments. He has some games, Ooh. obviously. But he, you are lying. That road schedule is ugly. Well, that's so. Right now, they had so they just beat the Bucks, shocked the world. They host the Celtics, visit the Sixers, visit the Raptors, host the Spurs. Visit the Warriors, which uh, those two games are not what, don't mean what they used to. But then they visit the Lakers. If it's a couple weeks, that's the window that he's out for. And then they play the Thunder after that, who are playing, who can beat a good team on any given night. Oh yeah, they're a solid they beat, team. They beat the Bulls last night. Yeah, of course, quality quality win for the Thunder. Um, but they're at, that Thunder are one of the teams that are in the postseason picture right now. I told you, don't sleep on the Thunder. They could sneak their way in. And I mean, I mean, I never thought I'd see the day where a Western Conference team. Sure, it's happened before, and I just don't remember. But a Western Conference team, you have two that are sub five hundred that would be in the postseason today. I mean, I feel like it's the, that's the, what the East used to always be. In the East, I don't know if they have anybody that's like that. Nope, the Magic are Magic also are twelve and fourteen. But anyway, do you so do you think that this stretch of games for the Mavericks could end up make or breaking whether or not they get home court at least in the first round of the postseason? Uh, I don't know if it's this whole upcoming stretch more so than the whole season because you're not going to be a top. I don't think the Mavs are going to be a top four seed. There's so many good teams, especially at West. Like you have, I think the Rockets, the Spurs, uh, the Clippers. I mean, oh, the Rockets haven't lived up to that hype, man. The Rockets have been very, very underwhelming. They yeah. have been so disappointing. They have. Um, I love it. Well, Russ has been horrible. I know. That's the part Russ, I like Russ about it. Russ has not been good with them. But no, I, I don't think the Mavs can get a top four seed no matter how this two-week stretch I mean, goes. But is it a shock, though, that Russ has not been that good with them? Seriously. What do you um, expect? I, I expect much better. I think I had him like three in my preseason poll. I don't know why out. I don't know why you did, though. Like, that, that, like, I'm not, like, not because... You, would you say it was more because of Harden than because of Russ, or did you think that it, Russ it was, was going to yeah, jive? It was, it was Harden, and I, did, I didn't think Chris Paul was anything like at the end of the stage of last year. He was not mm-hmm. playing well. In the playoffs, right. he was not good. Yeah. No, he and wasn't. Harden traditionally kind of goes away in the playoffs, too. But, like, I, I think that a Harden and Westbrook duo was more appealing to me on paper than a Paul and Harden one. Right. And, I mean, we didn't—the Mavericks, we were all looking at them, I think, as our—as, like, a fringe playoff team. 
And I, I was high on them. I think I had them like 12 or something like that, though. 12 overall. Which, right. Okay. But in the West, that makes them, because there's only three East teams that you would have had ahead of them, right? Right. Yeah, so that puts them in the middle of the pack. I mean, I had, yeah, like six. In, six. Uh, yeah. So in my mind, that's like a fringe playoff yeah. team because like well, you're just there to keep your fan base happy. And, They're yeah. not. And the West, that, and the West though, could be from three from the third seed to the eighth seed could be a, a game and a half difference though. Or, this is know. true. This is true. I mean, yeah. but the Jazz have been for me probably the most. They're the most disappointing team right now so far. I would say. Which is probably a spoiler for the 2019 year-end episode. You but. mentioned the Bucks. I didn't get a chance to grab this oh. cut. I didn't get a chance to grab this cut. Um, but Kendrick Perkins today on Scal and Pals oh. on the Radio.com app. You can check it out. Download today. Sister show. Uh, yes. He said the Bucks uh, cannot win a title with Chris Middleton as their number two. Really? Do you agree or disagree? Um, I 100% agree with that. Right now, they I, right now I would agree with that based on what I'm seeing out in the West because right. the Lakers look damn near unstoppable, and obviously the the Clippers are have an outstanding bunch too. Uh, but I mean, well, no, if we looked at the team last year too, I mean, yeah, they wouldn't have beat the Warriors. Yeah, I haven't always felt that way, but that might be the case. They could win an Eastern Conference title. Yeah, but I don't think that not with the way the teams are constructed right now. There's no shot in hell. No, because I mean, I don't. I mean, we saw what the Mavericks did with, and it's one game without Luca and everything, but. If you have Luca, obviously they're going to be able to go and handle the Bucks to some extent. So yeah, I would agree with Park. Damn, I never thought of that. But that's like, and that's a problem for all the other Eastern Conference teams because everybody looks at them and says the Bucks are still the cream of the crop. Yeah. I don't see. I don't feel that way. I know they had this crazy streak, right. but I look at them. And Glenn, Glenn was talking to me about it before the show, which he's he has confirmed he will come on the show next year. Um, but uh, he he's like, you know, Giannis is going to go and win. Create a problem every night. You can't stop them. There's no way you can't. The Celtics can't beat them in a uh, in a uh, postseason series. I, no. I just you don't think so. The Celtics can't beat the Bucks in a postseason yeah, postseason series. series. Yes. Um, I think they can. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying that they would be the should be the odds on favorite, but I think they can. I I think they can. I at this point I would bet against them. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm, they could definitely be underdogs, but there's now, a this, year, this year's team would put up a much better shot than last year's team. Last yeah. year's team put up, I mean, they were a joke. But then again, going into last year's Bucks Celtics series, I think I would have picked the Bucks in seven. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had home court and then it was two very evenly matched teams, but they had the MVP in Giannis. This year's, see, if I think that this year's team. But they don't have, a, they don't have that, that they yeah. don't have as good of outside shooting, they the don't. Bucks. And they don't have Brogdon anymore. No, he lost Brogdon. Who? That's huge. Yeah. We saw, I mean, he came back in that series. He had been out for a while. He came back in that series. Right. And he was way better than I expected. But him Milton was trash in that series against the Celtics last and year. Then, like, and he then, was nothing. He but, just stood in the corner and brick, brick after brick. But they, the Celtics were just, I mean. But so, yeah, so, so oh was my Kyrie. God. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie and Chris Middleton were trading brick after brick last they year. They were nothing. That was brutal. I mean, that so was they, a weird they, series. That was, I mean, because the Celtics just gave up. They had they, That first game, it was like, wow. They could actually pull this off. They actually moved past everything, and they figured it out. I was like, no. But this team, you won't have to worry about that mental aspect of it. I, I just think, I don't look at it and say they're completely unstoppable. And and I think the Sixers are a tough battle, too. And I know I've been doubting them a lot along the way. They need they still need a shooter. But I don't think the East is, in some, like, winning that is impossible for the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics. And if Victor Oladipo is at full strength, I would say the Pacers. But... Everybody's going to have another problem next year because Kevin Durant's going to be back too, and we don't know what he's going to look like. But the Nets are going to be another force too because Spencer Dinwiddie's outstanding, and so on and so forth. Kyrie will still be out with that shoulder injury. Yeah. He'll, he'll still be nursing it. The, uh, the going back to the Mavs thing though. So do we think uh, I think that they, they could realistically drop to they won't go below even if they went to six. 
and the Jazz pass them, they could pass the Jazz because they've been so God. I'm just Mike Conley and everything has been disappointing. But I think five, and then they could end up being stuck at four for a while. So uh, if Luca's back, let's say Luca returns, let's give it a long estimate, three weeks. So mm. that puts it Monday, January sixth against the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Of course. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's only nine games. That's not that much. That's not that so much. So you go 500, and that puts him at what will the record be? Uh, so they'd be at 22 and 13. That's mm. a good record. That's still a, a really good record in the Western Conference. They go 500 and tried water without Luka, they're just fine. They're okay. just fine. And the way Porzingis was shooting it last night, <laughs> he was pulling from the logo, like the NBA logo. It was right. Unbelievable. I don't see he them. He looks be- so good right now. I mean, your take on it, too, was about the Bulls. What did you say that they look like? A, they make the, I'm sorry, they made the Bucks look like, like a, a middle of the road East team. Like they, they, the Mavericks were an offensive juggernaut last night against the Bucks. The, the number Giannis one offensive scored 48 and got to the line every time he wanted to. And they were basically just trading threes for twos. Like, I think. They hit like seventy percent of their threes in the first quarter. The Mavs did. They just came out fucking like unbelievable. Seth Curry off the bench is hitting just three after three. It's unreal. He's. I mean, that's another guy who I think he played in the G League a little bit, and he, he clearly needed it because he was a guy for for a while. Was just, nobody really took him. I didn't take him seriously at all, and he wasn't really getting any looks. And he was in. He was in Golden State for a little bit, right? Seth Curry. I don't think he ever was. Seth Curry was. Maybe he was on the G League team for the Warriors. Anyways, uh, who cares? Um. But I mean, like you said, at the end of it all, they're not winning a title this year because I, I be sucks for Western Conference. But I just don't see anybody else getting that shot. It it could happen. I'm sure if we went and dug deep and everything, we could find ways for the Nuggets and the Mavericks. But the Nuggets have had a lot of problems this year too. Um, but the Clippers and the Lakers are just so far ahead. And honestly, right now, I take the Lakers over the Clippers. Watching Anthony Davis down low, it's like Jesus. I don't know how the hell you're gonna, how anybody's gonna stop that. And him and Le, it's him, LeBron, whatever. But of course. So how many games of full strength of the Clippers have you seen? Everybody. Only so many. Right. Only so many. Three, not not three? many. Not many. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it because then it's Lou who's out. It's always somebody that's right. out. Yeah. I, I want to see the Clippers full strength. I'm taking them over anybody. Mm-hmm. So. The, but I, you know what's funny is I could see the Clippers beating the Lakers right now. I th- I feel like the Lakers are, would be the tougher team for the Celtics or pretty much anybody to beat. But I could see the Clippers beating the Lakers, and at the same time, then the Clippers being getting beaten by somebody else in the Western Conference. I mean, the, the NBA Finals. But, of course, all this Lakers stuff, because it's LeBron and it's the Lakers, has led to now the on ESPN The Jump, they're talking about, what was it? It was, uh, who's the better duo, right? I think it was just a two-on-two game. Two on two, oh, it was a two-on-two game between LeBron, AD, yeah. and this is where we, were, we, were, we, were, excuse me, where we missed Matt. Kobe and Shaq. He he would laugh this question off. Yeah, Matt, Matt would be like, "This is we're talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis versus Shaq and Kobe." Yeah, come on. You say, I, I get it. I get. We're talking about it too, and uh, criticizing them for bringing it up. But it's more so just how can how can you do Shaq like that? Even if it was a duo question, if it was two on two or a duo, it doesn't change the answer. I think no, no. Shaq and Kobe is the best duo I've ever seen, and I don't know what could top it. And this is coming from a Bulls fan. Yes. Who loves Scotty and Michael. Yeah, Shaq and Kobe were better. Seriously, I mean, Shaq's the most dominant big man. I mean, I know. Most dominant player I've ever seen. I know we 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 talk about LeBron, I mean, um, MJ and, and of course, Kareem and everything like that, but shit, who was stopping Shaq in the post? You couldn't. It's impossible. The only thing he could have done better was shoot free throws. Or hack a Shaq. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, what you just said. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing he could have done better. So, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know how long they talked about this. 
But it's not a conversation because Anthony Davis would have no chance, right. and he's not he's not getting any position in the post either. He's just gonna have to stand along the perimeter and hope that, and that's all he can hope for. And you just pray that he shoots at least thirty five percent from the floor, so he's efficient. I, I would love to see Shaq play in today's game. I mean, yeah. like he got out at the right time. Like the game was changed a little bit, where the bigs mm-hmm. were still kind of you know getting the ball in the post and mm-hmm. doing a post move and going over the shoulder and all that stuff. And he and like they don't really do that now. Like everyone's st- stepping out and shooting. It'd be tough for him to defend. Shaq tried to guard Daniel Tyson on the on the wing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would not be good. Yeah, the physicality. Not just Daniel Tyson, but anyone Shaq would be guarding. Just uh, no lateral movement by that guy. I know the physicality's changed a lot too, and it, but it's, it was it wasn't even. It was it still wasn't like quite '90s or '80s level when Shaq played, and we saw that. Um, you saw the video right of Isaiah Thomas. They like, yeah. So the NBA Twitter account, like the official at NBA, tweeted this out, and it was a video of Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas, I guess we'll call him, the Hall of Famer Isaiah. Get yes. it? There you go. The Hall, the Hall of Famer, the real Isaiah. Get, Thomas. Getting wow, getting clocked by Carmelo. I guess it was an anniversary, however many yeah. years, and Isaiah was all pissed about it. The the former Celtic Isaiah Thomas, he was pissed about it because like what did what did what did I, the old Isaiah say? The old Isaiah was like, oh, like how dare you guys? Like, no, why why would you want to memorialize this? It's not memorializing. God damn! They didn't build you a statue of momenting you getting your face busted Jesus. open. Jesus! They posted a video highlight on Twitter.com. Yeah, although I shouldn't be. And uh, he posted like, oh, hashtag really? Hashtag WTF? It's like, dude, like. Nobody thinks about you, Isaiah Thomas. Like you are a failure outside of your basketball career. I mean, mm, that's a fair. I say it's a fair way to put it. Right. So I mean, Isaiah, like the little like younger Isaiah or whatever, it's like, come on, dude. Just he, he, but like you said, he he likes to get get into it on social media a lot. Um, one thing that I came across too in the well, actually, you came across this in the, speaking of the LeBron stuff and everything in course of uh, getting ready for the show. Actually, there were quite a few cuts. We we <laughs> there's LeBron talking about his son. There's LeBron talking about load management, which of course is a shot at Kawhi. And then there's I think this is where we should start. This is our well, actually no. Where do you want to start? Because LeBron is your guy. Do you want to start with the Richard Jefferson cut where he like totally yeah. crosses himself up? I was blown away by this one. Let's go back to the end of October, and this was the question: LeBron versus Kawhi, and it was a debate that which everybody was choosing Kawhi at this point. Mm. Because we of did. the uh, uh, the uh, the past offseason and the NBA Finals. And here was the answer from RJ back in October. In a seven-game series with your life on the line, you can have one or the other of those two guys leading your team. Which one do you take? If I have the exact same team, I'm most likely picking LeBron James. But if the way that the, the, the Clippers are set up, I, I definitely think like Kawhi. We're talking about Clippers versus Lakers. No, no, I'm talking about Kawhi versus LeBron. You're, cho- you're choosing I, I, sides. You can take either guy you want. Forget the team. At this point in time today, I'm picking Kawhi. Okay, so he, it was a long way of beating around the bush of he always wanted to pick Kawhi in that answer, but he's a buddy of LeBron and friend of LeBron for former teammate. Absolutely, I remember He danced around it, so his answer was obviously Kawhi. This is a month and a half later. We've had meaningless regular season games that no one says there's any value to these. No one watches them. But apparently a lot has changed because Kawhi missed some games and LeBron's been playing well with Anthony Davis. And here is a different answer today from Richard Jefferson. But I'm taking LeBron and this is why. At no point in time, at any point in time in Kawhi Leonard's career, has he ever been considered the best player in basketball? Never. It's a great two-way player, best two-way player, best <laughs> defensive player. All of these things, never the best player in basketball. At right, this, this, never at been this point. Oops, sorry. This doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. So yeah, at the end of the answer, he said, "All of these things, oh. never the best player in basketball." 
right? That's never been it. And then last month he said, at this point in time today, I'm picking Kawhi. I don't. I he's mean, never been at, at any point the best player in basketball, but always oh, been the best two way player. Well, that like, would mean LeBron wasn't the best player in basketball at that time. If you're comparing those two, then you would have said so, that, that. That's the only way you can get out of it. Makes it always I makes. I don't, I don't understand that. It's so. I mean, but it's just that's I, like people don't think they're gonna get called on this stuff. And I, I enjoy Richard Jefferson on the Yes broadcast. I think he does an f- outstanding job. I think he's funny. He rips on the Knicks when he can, even though he gets in trouble sometimes. I just like. <laughs> I don't know. You just think people don't listen or don't catch their takes. Because, you. I mean, right away, when you say that, I mean, you you knew right yeah. away when you heard it. Just careless. That's what it comes down to. It's almost like there's there's some really, really hot takes in the internet that, like, oh, Kobe Bryant was never the best player for a single a single year in his entire career. Uh-huh. Because his career overlapped LeBron and MJ the entire time, pretty much. Uh, and I think, well, yeah, so. Mm, yep, I see what you're saying. That, that's a dumb statement, though. It is. Like, you know, it is a dumb statement. Right. It is. It is. And so it's basically like saying what he said here, Richard Jefferson. Oh, like Kawhi's never been the best player in the league. It's like, wait, what are you forgetting? About? A month and a half ago, you said he was. Oh, that's that's just careless. Every like, time, seriously, every time that I write a, like a, an opinion about anything, I'm always like, what did I say before? And if I'm going to if I'm going to move away from the take that yeah. I originally had, I got to explain why I've moved away from it and moved towards this. Because otherwise you're just ignoring it and you're you're call, basically calling everybody an idiot. Right. And you just like listeners, at least around here, listeners and readers are going to catch that shit and they'll call you on it. Like I, if Kawhi doesn't win any more titles, I hope people like 10, 20, 30 years from now will remember how damn good he was. Like he was considered early in his career in, in San Antonio like a LeBron stopper, mm. and like those series were awesome. Like Spurs Heat were great. Well, yeah. And then he goes to Toronto and wins it and was legitimately the best player in the NBA. Yes. Like clearly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hope that 10, 20, 30 years from now, if that's it for Kawhi in terms of winning titles, people will still give him credit for being the best player in the NBA last season and the playoffs. He was the best player. And I feel like people are already now forgetting that and saying, oh, wait, LeBron and AD, they're so damn good right now. Yeah. LeBron's now back to being the best player. Nothing's changed. He's been the best player for 15 years. I know Nick Wright is probably spewing that garbage on an FS1 somewhere. Mm. But there needs to be some sort of credit given to Kawhi and not just taken away after a month of basketball because his team's not as good as the Lakers right now in November, December. Like, there needs to be some... It's like revisionist history that, like, do we forget that Kawhi dominated the NBA? Yes. Apparently at the do. most important time in the playoffs? Mm, apparently they do. And, RJ's and, forgotten it because he's saying that Kawhi's never been that good of a player. And, uh, never been the best player. At any point in time in Kawhi Leonard's career... Mm. Has he ever been considered the best player in basketball? You know who hasn't forgotten is LeBron because he would not have made those load management comments, which are totally he's coming at Kyrie, I mean Kawhi, when he says that stuff. That one so, right there made me the greatest player of all time. That's not the sound that I wanted, Ty. That's terrible. That's not, no, no, no. I was referring to the one where he's talking about load management and how he's never was he's never taken days off in his career or something like that. Is it a matter? If I'm healthy, I play. That's just going to be your approach all year. I mean, that should be the approach. I mean, unless we're getting to, like, you know, late in the season, we've clinched, and we can't get any better or any worse. And, you know, it could benefit from that. But, I mean, why why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? It doesn't make any sense to me, personally. Did you just say, why wouldn't I play if I I was healthy? Yeah. Hasn't he done that? Didn't he sit out all of last year, pretty much, once the season was done for the Lakers? Uh, 55 games. Was, was there a major injury I missed? I, I don't I don't know. Anyways, what, there's more, though. It's, it's more damning, I would say. And, you know, it could benefit from that, but, I mean, why, why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? 
It doesn't make any sense to me, personally. I mean, I don't know how many games I got left in my career. I don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that they're to come see me play, and if I sit out, then what? That's it. You know, that's my obligation. My obligation is to play, play for my teammates, and if I'm if I'm healthy, then I'm going to play. If coach sits me out, then I've, I'm not healthy, and, it, and it's just that simple. It's the same thing as Richard Jefferson. It's just like people, people forget, people that dumb, but the thing is that LeBron has such a— such a following that I feel like there are a lot of writers who who deal with him who don't who aren't going to call him out necessarily because it's like oh you're you're jealous or you're stupid or whatever and it's just you, there's there's so much little to gain from calling Le, for calling LeBron out. For I wish like I'd had LeBron as my father. <laughs> I'm not even saying out of context. Skip I, I'm not even saying that he's like he's I'm not he's not a bad dude. Like this is the thing. This is all within the context of the game. He's not a bad dude. He just sometimes he just lies. That's just what it comes out. We all do it, but he's just on a public forum and he's going to go and say, "Oh, I'm going to play every single night." Well, no, you're not. You didn't do it last year. When your team sucks, you, you chose, your team sucked last year. You hated your teammates, and mm-hmm. you actively chose to sit out the rest of the season. So don't give me this whole bullshit about the kids. You want to say the teammates think fine. You hated the teammates last year, so you weren't going to do what's best for them. But don't give me this kids line. That's that's a, that's a lie. That's absolutely like because you would have played all last year. You would have had fun doing it. Admitted, you know, at the end, whatever. We knew we weren't going to win, but I wasn't going to go and sit out the whole year because sends the wrong message or whatever, all these things. But that's not how he works. But, I mean, there's there's a stuff about his son, too, right, that he's talking about not playing with him. He's trying to back out of that one, too, which I'll give you a take on that before you go off. The way my body feels right now post-game, no. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but, um. Listen, I mean, through the grace of God and through the grace of health, um, we will see what happens. But at the end of the day, it's not promised that my son can make it to this level. Um, but we don't even discuss that, and we don't even get involved in that. Uh, we live every day by every day and how he can continue to be a great teammate, uh, you know, you know, be a positive role model to his little brother and little sister. And, um, you know, when he leaves the house, continue to, uh, you know, hold the James, uh, you know, last name with the utmost respect because it's not just about him. And when I leave the house, it's not just about me. Um, it's about our family and what we've created. So um, this is right here is, is being in the NBA is is it's it's extra credit as far as life. If you're able to make it, then you you don't never take it for granted. This is all cool and well and dandy, but um, you know, it's so much more to life. You know, especially uh, when you're raising a family. So two things, real quick. One. He's totally setting himself up so now it's like, oh, I, I was able to come back when I didn't think I was going to be able to stick around for my son. It's like, now I can. This is how amazing, like Tom Brady sort of thing, like I'm mounting this crazy comeback or whatever. Right. And it's like, the world against me. It's like, no, you, you put yourself in that position where we all thought we weren't, you weren't going to do it. And second, you're not going to talk about your son and his, his stuff and everything. Kids got games on like national TV. Oh, give me a break. You love that stuff, right? I you, hate yeah. it. No, I, I seriously, I will not watch a second of it. Really? I'd rather pick my nose and eat it all day than mm. watch Bronny James and Sierra Canyon and Zaire Wade and all the. I don't care about NBA stars, uh, the NBA star athletes and their kids playing on national TV. Put me a put me a McDonald's basketball game on TV and I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Sierra Canyon and this made up school that these kids are going to. These self entitled superstar, you know, sons of the superstars in the NBA. Like Wade and LeBron's kid are getting so much airtime on yeah. like Bleacher Report and 
House of Highlights or whatever it's called, and ESPN and the Jump. It's uh, and Twitter. You can't go a day without seeing these guys are getting more coverage than like Zion and LeBron and Luca and like. Who cares about Bronny James and Zaire Wade? They're 15 freaking years old. Mm. They're 15. Yeah. It's like a long way to go. I mean, I think that they, they, they're probably right. going to make it. And they're going to get shots somewhere along the way. Right. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't get it. I just, I just try to They haven't accomplished it. anything. And these kids like aren't even like the top-ranked players in their class. Mm-hmm. Show me kids who are legitimately the top tier of their age bracket in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Bronny James is not there yet. I don't. No. I don't think he's a number one, number two player in his class. He might be like top forty, which is great for him. Congratulations! He will get his scholarship to go play college basketball because the James sure. family is hurting for money. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but anyways, the whole point is, I don't want to see these kids on national television playing in a small ass gym only because their father has played in the NBA. And I feel like that's a trend that's going like more and more. We're seeing. You know, the the NBA players put their kids on Instagram at younger ages and try and get them promotion and all this stuff. I, I hate it. I mm-hmm. don't like it at all. This, it's hero worship. And then, like, and when, pe- when Bronny first dunked, it was the biggest story on ESPN. LeBronny's, LeBron's first dunk at age 15 in an open gym where he's not dribbling, he's running, the, he's running up and you know, not, traveling the whole way just so he can get maximum. It makes no sense to me. Like, who's interested in that content? LeBron stands. That's got to be who it is. I don't know. I, Nick I, Wright? I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to find. Yeah. I, I mean, there are definitely crazy LeBron fans out there. It's for damn sure. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what to tell you, though, Ty. Other than I try as hard as I can to ignore it, yet it continues to show up on my feed because Slam puts it out there, too. That doesn't help the situation. Ball is Life puts stuff out there, too. So all these, all these places, Dime, they put all right. this stuff out there. It's like impossible to miss. Because we got to follow those accounts. We got to pay attention. Where else am I going to get my highlights from to put on the five out Twitter account? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just everywhere. So it gets annoying after a while. I, I tell you to ignore it. I tell everybody else to, too. But if you're a basketball fan, you want to follow the basketball accounts. Like, I mean, who, who is dying to see, like, the LaMelo ball, like, highlights? Like, that is a legit prospect in next year's yeah. NBA draft. I understand why we're showing that those the, clips. Yeah, I do. I do like to see those once in a while. I am, right. I'm generally curious about him and. R.J. Hunter, right? Yes. R.J. Hunter. Yes, he's okay. I, I, I was second-guessing myself there. Um, he's on the breakers. Anyway, I, I'd like to see how those guys are doing because obviously they're going to be in the draft next year and everything. That's right. important. They're there. When when Bronny is that age, when he is draft eligible or college, you know, going into college, whatever, then that's different. Same with Wade's kid. But, man, it's just there's so much of it. There's so much of it. It is... So again, to somebody who's trying to avoid it, who follows basketball, it is impossible to not see something. I swear to God, every day, at least something every freaking day. All the kids who play with Bronny on like the AAU team and Sierra Canyon, like they're they're on Instagram, they have blue check marks, Mm -hmm. all with like two hundred thousand followers. Really? Like every kid on the AAU team's got like at least fifty thousand followers. That's who is following these fifteen year old Kids. kids who play with LeBron James's kids. Kids. I mean, it's un. I mean, I know, I know. Instagram is a super young platform. Like, obviously, high school kids love pictures and can't really express themselves in words at that point. But I, I don't get it. I don't know where this market's at. I've never met anyone who's like, "Hey, you see, you see, Bronny's dunk." I, no, 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 no. No one cares. That's and that's why. But maybe, see, maybe I'm too worked up about this. I just, I just don't understand. We, it. We give, you get very worked up about LeBron, and I, I don't blame you though. Matt gets worked about James Harden, and I, I don't know. But I, I understand 
why you'd get so annoyed with it. The thing is that the, what bothers me is that just LeBron think he wants to make his own rules, and it's like it's just not how life works. I get that you're bigger than anything, but it's just like you, that's not okay. You can't just go and, and say, uh, uh, you know, give the green light on your son being on ESPN or ABC, whatever it is, for his games and having 15 of them broadcast or whatever. You can't give that green light and then expect to not get asked questions about him. Because by doing what you've done, you have turned your son, in effect, to a, a child star, like a Macaulay Culkin or whatever in some capacity. Yeah. That's what he is now. Selena Gomez, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying— If he should... never makes it, he will still be a star for being the child star of LeBron. Exactly. And you won't be—and I'm not saying they treat him— like you, obviously, you don't do that. He's still a kid in some capacity. Yeah. Some people won't give a shit. I would, I would care. Like you can't do that. But you have to still. There's like it's legitimate to ask him questions about that at this point. So you can't. You can go and try and dance around it. And you know what? People are gonna say, "Oh, fine, we'll leave it alone. We won't ask you about it, LeBron." But they're within their right to ask him about it a thousand percent because people care. There are people who care, and again, we don't know why, but it's the way it is. We've already spent too much time on it. Speaking on, speaking of beating a dead horse, um, Jalen Brown talked to Brandon Robinson of Heavy.com, wrote about it for E. I did a whole breakdown of it on EI.com, the, the quotes. There were a couple quotes about Kyrie. He talked to him about some other stuff, so you can go check it out on his site and everything um, on the original post. But I, all we care about is the Kyrie stuff. I I wrote everything that I thought about it. On EI.com, and I know people read it. Um, Ty, did you want to start with your reaction off it, or do you want me to just reiterate some of the points from it? Yeah, for the people who haven't read your stuff, okay. yeah, go ahead and read it. Good point. So, there were a couple things. One, when it comes to um, his comments, so his, his general comments were criticizing the... Uh, actually, do you have the original comment? I do, yeah. Go so ahead. the comment to Scoops B. Robinson. Yes. Blue check mark. Guy. Brandon Robinson. Uh, Kyrie got a lot of the blame and was undeserving. It wasn't his fault that certain guys couldn't take a step back. It wasn't his fault. That was the front office and the coach's fault. Mm. He gets a lot of that blame because he was the star, but a lot of that should be on the organization and mm-hmm. the coaching staff. It's in the past. Kyrie is in a better place. Pro- better place in Brooklyn, somewhere his roots are, he'll be fine. Okay, so there are three people who are getting blame in this. The three groups, excuse me, not just three people. So the coaching staff, obviously it's Brad Stevens and those around him. The front office, Danny Ainge and those around him. And then the last one is the players who didn't take a step back. Whoever Jalen thinks that is, if he's saying it in a serious tone and not mockingly saying the players who step back, and that meaning him, who couldn't take a step back, meaning him. Scary Terry Rozier. Yes, that's who I would think. And, it, and like I said in the story, that could also mean Vets. That could mean Mook, who started off the year hot and then didn't slow, you know, didn't take a step back, or whoever else you think should have taken a step back last year for the Celtics. So th- those are the three groups. That pretty much, Ty, right? That yeah. is everybody, pretty much, right? That is everybody who's been blamed in the course of this, other than Kyrie, right? So when I see some of the tw- some of the people on Twitter reacting, saying, oh, you know, of course Jalen goes and blames everybody else and blah, 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 like, you know, he points a finger. At first I looked at that, but then I was, I was writing it. I'm like, wait a minute. He is talking about the same people. Brad blamed himself. Danny blamed himself. Brad has also said that there are other people. Like, he, he said, like, it wasn't just Kyrie. Everybody has said everybody had a little bit of blame involved. All Jalen did was he didn't say everybody the word everybody. He just broke it down and said yeah, it's that was surprising. Group. But that's it. That and that's what, that was the surprising part about it. And the Kyrie kind of defending. But I, I'm sorry. So I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. First, like he's not saying 
He's not blaming Brad. He's just saying it to everybody in yeah. a different way. It was weird that he didn't... I, I thought it was going to go down the path of, well, you know, Kyrie gets a lot of blame for all this stuff, but, you know, there's other people who should get blamed too. Mm. He didn't really go that route. He said it wasn't his fault. Well, and that's... It, what, he places, like, mm-hmm. almost no blame on him, which is, I think is kind of a, a joke because he doesn't... There's no way he believes that Kyrie deserves no blame. No, well, that's why... The, and he that's, was in the friggin' locker room. Well, and that's why... And that's why... Well, I mean, even Marcus Smart has said he did, like Kyrie didn't do things right. Marcus Morris has said Kyrie, you know, his emotions got ahead of him and stuff like that. But when you look towards the end of the story... You'll see that I went a little bit deeper in the course of analyzing Jalen Brown's comments. This is, this is to everybody, not just the tie. When I, what I, because I wrote this, and don't get me wrong, I usually edit something. I try and edit it twice if I can, if something like this, some time allows. I swear to God, I kid you not, Ty, I edited this like five, six times because I just had to look it over and over because I kept like digging deeper and realizing, wait a second. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, He's not, by by what he did in the course of all that was, he said it's all these people's fault. All these people had control over what happened. He's saying that Kyrie had no control whatsoever of what could have happened. Well, couldn't the leader of a team have control over what happened? So I saw that as a guy who, again, we're talking about Jalen Brown here, who it seems like he's he's been the one that's had issues at least with with Kyrie, he didn't go and say hi to him on the court at Barclays. Yep. Terry Terry has said things are fine, whatever. It was more about Hayward and how they handled that situation. Okay, so and Jalen, we all thought had issues with Kyrie last year. Oh, so then then why would it be out of the realm of possibility that Jalen Brown was trying to kind of smooth things out, but in a way because he is smart, we can agree on that. He is a smart guy. In a way, he was trying to hide his greater point. In, in by saying the way you said, because it makes Kyrie sound fine, but then he's and then he's just and it's he's ending the feud there. He's trying to in effect end the feud there. Maybe he is, but I I always go back to what Marcus Smart said about it. It's like if you're trying to defuse the questions about Kyrie, then probably just don't even give answers to them. Mm. Don't give people an opportunity to latch onto it. Now we're having a discussion about Jalen Brown placing blame on Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and. Anyone else in, in, in the power structure of the Celtics besides Kyrie Irving? And that's obviously mm-hmm. a joke. We know that's not true. But Marcus Smart hates questions about Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Brown knows that. Mm-hmm. And now he's pouring gas on the fire. Well, yeah, it, everybody, it, including the Boston fans, want to talk about Kyrie. Let's talk about Boston Celtics. Right, so he hates it. And he now does. his teammate, three weeks later, is doing the exact same thing. And now placing blame on... Possibly Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but no, 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 Marcus Smart. But he's yeah. always yeah, right. But, but, but I get your point. But on the entire team, I get your and point. It, not Kyrie. But at the same time, Ty, don't you think that yes, he's on Kyrie and not? But I think by doing that, normally, normally people would just take it at face value. They would. Yeah. I, I really, I'm not like trying to toot my own horn. Someone, most people are not going to try and psychoanalyze what what Jalen Brown said in his comments and what he didn't say. Because that's what I'm looking at in the course is what is not being said here that he's that the message is trying to get across because he's smart. It, like I'm not, I'm not gonna go and pick out somebody who's dumb on the Celtics now. But if it was, if it was a guy, I don't know, I don't necessarily know who's dumb on the team. But if it was just an idiot, like I wouldn't go and 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 try and figure out in depth what the message he's trying to get across. I think Jalen, I don't think Jalen's not afraid to say things either. That's the other problem. Like you said, the like the Ben Simmons joke, right? We heard that one. He go, like that was Grant Williams' nickname. Tatum had a chance to say it. Grant Williams had a chance to say it. Jalen Brown was the only one that ended up saying it. So, like, that's what, that's, he doesn't care. He's not afraid of those sorts of things. Um, 
And again, I know you could look at it and say, well, he didn't directly say it here. I think in some ways he's trying to quell the flames a little bit or whatever it is, but he just, I, I don't see that that's what he did in the end. Starts from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. What the hell was that? Oh, is that from? Jalen Brown in February. Starts mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. I'm telling you, I, I, I think. He's I, kind of pl- placing the blame right there. When the problems that, really started to happen in February, March, April, he's basically saying. Starts from the top. To the bottom, not from the bottom to the Placing top. some blame on the front office and coaching right there. Do you understand my, what I'm get, going for, right? Why yeah. I think that he's basically calling, saying Kyrie doesn't have the capability to be the leader he wants to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. His whole message there, that's the greater point in all of this. Yeah, he's basically, I, in like, he's not, way, he's saying, not, you're blaming a guy who's incapable of being exactly. what you want him to be. Exactly. It's like, you look, like the, the, the guy that's, that stepped back should have done that. It sucks he didn't do it, whatever. Same thing with the front office, same thing with the coaching staff, blah, blah, blah. But really, you guys are all want to blame it on Kyrie because he's the best player. Fine, he was the best player for sure. He calls him the star. He was. But it's like he doesn't deserve that because it's not he. It's just not in his repertoire. He can't go and fix these kind of situations. That's what I see Jalen saying right Kyrie there. Kyrie is controversial. Yeah, thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. Who, By the way, Rob Bradford is oh. the driving force behind us uh, possibly changing the logo of the show. He's convinced we need to add green to our logo. Because I like we're, the green edition. It, it, it localizes our podcast logo. Because like we're it. technically a Celtics NBA podcast. We are. Celtics slash NBA podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's where the... the, the you can re- Again, you can read the story there, but that's pretty much everything that I said in the course of things. Um, uh, did you have any other thoughts on no, Kyrie? No, it just it seems weird. I, I don't know why Javon Brown chose to speak to... Scoop Speed Robinson. He, he like, had heavy.com. He, well, why? He, he has. What, I, what's the gain for Jalen Brown to speak again on an old subject like Kyrie Irving? Well, was that the entire interview? You saw it, obviously. There, there was a little, it There was more to it, and Scoop's. Uh, as much, I'm not a big fan of that nickname, but uh, uh, he tweeted out. I think on Tuesday, Scoop he, B Robinson, who's a blue checkmark guy, he put that out. On, he's one. He's like got some sources in the league and everything. Here, look, I'll be honest with you guys. I wasn't going to pick that up. I saw that, and I've I've seen his stuff, and yeah. he was all about the Kawhi thing, and I was like, yes, this guy's like got some credibility. But it's like Nightingale with the Mookie thing, right? He hits like on forty percent of them. But the thing is that Christian Winfield picked up, and also it's that's a New York Daily News. Yeah. On, on top of that, you have. He he's saying I talked to Jalen. You go and do something like that. You don't well, like do a fake source. Interview, yeah, yeah. Then you're going and, and you lie. You wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't investigate it. Exactly. So yeah. if you if you do that if you do, if you put that out there and you lie, like it's career suicide. So see you later. So th- there's that, and then Christian Winfield. If the New <laughs> not York really, di- there's people at the Boston Globe who do who do that all the time. No, that's fine. Kevin Cullen. That, well, that's fine. That that's but he but isn't the whole thing that he like makes up his. He made up a Boston uh, bombing a Boston Marathon bombing story and put himself at the scene, and he was never there. Yeah, but it's a little different with Jalen Brown, who's like a public figure that can contest it and would that's have true. to because it's his yeah. name. That's what I mean. But I, no, I understand your point. It's never yeah. the, the, J- journalistic integrity is something. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It, but the thing is that Winfield, I'm, I don't know if Winfield knows him, but I trust his judgment. If the New York Daily News is going to go and put that story out, I'm I, and it's that guy who my colleagues over at USA Today could not speak more highly of, then I'm, gonna, I'm very much inclined to trust that and then analyze it from there. But he said that when they talked, it was at Barclays Center at like a high school game on Saturday. So, I mean, that so it's like a casual setting, so maybe that's why... I don't know if it was supposed to be off the record originally or whatever, but well, that would even come back to haunt you. Even that more. would be you, worse. And your relationship as oh, a journalist. Oh yeah, and you would, and across the league, he'd be screwed. Yeah. So, um, 
but he talked about a few other things. You guys can read it at theheavy.com. I'm sure, honestly, I didn't look too much further. I cannot remember. I think it was like the Celtics being overrated or underrated or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we probably could have had him on if we wanted to, but I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, so yeah, so that I did, I did link that story in, in the post. But anyways, um, the one last thing that I just wanted to touch on too, Ty, I don't know if you have anything else, but um, just I, I like watching the Grizzlies because I've always I've liked them since Conley was there. Um, I like that they're using those throwback unis. They were wearing them last night. It was it was nice. I, I like teal um, Vancouver Grizzlies. There's always like a loser Grizzlies. loser team. Yeah, there's always like a loser team that I like. I don't know why, but I always want to see. I like the story. I don't get like I know that's why I don't like I stopped being a Patriots fan when I was you know in college at one point because like they just they win all the time. There's no story, and that's why I tell you guys like I don't I can't get invested in the season. It's because we know usually what's going to happen. This year I'm actually starting to get intrigued. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I think this is the first time I've ever felt that way. It's like, eh, they could lose early. But the point is that I, I like watching the Grizzlies because they. Could, I think they'll be something special. You got the whole the whole pick, um, the Grizzlies pick that you got to worry about too. Get to watch Brandon Clark quite a bit. Obviously, John Morant and all these other guys. I still cannot believe this guy slipped as far as he friggin' did. He, I mean, he, the Celtics could have had him. The Celtics could have had Tybal too. But the, actually, the Celtics could have had him. And they could have had Tybal. That would have meant they didn't have Carson Edwards in addition to Grant Williams and Romeo Langford. But, like, how how does that happen? I mean, Clark's averaging, like, 12 points a game or something like that. I get well, it. The Celtics did take Tybal, right? And they traded him. Well, okay, yes, but they had traded the pick. The, yeah. the, the trade was announced before they picked him, if I remember correctly, that night. But I, I was just I was blown away by that one. Or, yeah, I was blown away by that one. What was I going to say? But the Clark one... You, you, yeah, you're a Brandon Clark guy. Clark on its own, yeah. And honestly, I went back and looked at my whole draft thing because I I hadn't seen him a ton at that time. I was going to a lot of what else was out there, looking at the numbers and things like that. And he, I had seen on a lot of mock drafts, as I mentioned in the earlier stories that I did, he was projected to go right around the 14th pick. He could go sooner, maybe a little later. He went much later than uh, we thought he was going to. And I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, he's probably the fourth option of the guys that, that would make sense here. And I actually wrote, Romeo Langford makes the least amount of sense, but he could also go here for the Celtics too. And obviously he ended up going. Still makes no sense. Well, um, it's not a pick for this year. It, was, it never was. No, and it never was. And that's the only argument you could say, because Clark's older, Clark's like 23, Langford's like 20, something yeah. like that. It's the only difference. But I think Clark has upside. I think he has good, he can be... Kind of what Grant Williams is is gonna be. Maybe he's not as smart as Grant Williams, but who is? Um, and 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 as a three point shooter, I actually I don't I haven't that hasn't stood out to me. But he's explosive at the rim and he he's very athletic and everything. So I just I enjoy watching him. Good for the Grizzlies. I'm happy for them. Anyway, what, do you, what else do you, do you got? think they're gonna be the uh, bottom team in my power rankings like I projected at the no. mi- at the mid season? Yeah. Oh no, the no. Grizzlies are so much better than I thought they were gonna be. Oh, they're yeah. I mean that, that pick might convey this year. They looked good against the Heat last night. They looked damn. The good. Heat made a nice run and like I think the Grizzlies were up at like ten almost the entire game, and then like near the end of the fourth quarter they trimmed down to like two or three. And I'm like, all right, this is what the Grizzlies do. Mm. They went they win three quarters of the game and they ended up losing a, a game they shouldn't lose uh-huh. and they ended up winning last night. So it was. The last night was weird in the NBA. The Mavs crushed the Bucks. The the Grizzlies beat the Heat. Mm-hmm. Who else lost? The the Thunder came the, back the from twenty six well, down. I, I was actually wanted to ask you that when we were talking about that earlier. Did you? So you had the Bulls to watch. Now there were a few other games too, but there was the Bulls. There was the, the Mavs Bucks game, which obviously ended up turning into a real good one. The Grizzlies game with John Moran. Anytime to watch him, Tyler Hero, all those guys. What game did you watch? Did you watch the whole Bulls game? Yeah. God, you poor bastard. 
You just can't help yourself, can you? I, I love misery. Oh, God. Oh, you must, and you love that person, right? That that, that said, uh, what was his name? That said Boylan should get fired, right? When he got, like, you saw that tweet, right? That video? Yeah. You, I, you, you like that, right? The one where he's walking down the uh, the tunnel and yeah. some guy yelled at him like, oh, you, you should the, get fired. Anyone who was smart would fire you right now, Jim. Yeah, and he was like staring like, at the fan. what? Yeah. What? <laughs> Come on. How do you not know when you suck like you do? But anyways, what, did you have any other things? No, I, I just fired Jim Boylan and Carpax too. They're they're miserable. They're they're, they're horrible. They, there was one big topic of discussion in Chicago today. So post game after uh, <laughs> the Bulls lose, it's Chris Paul, it's Kobe White, and it's Wendell Carter. Right. Literally arms around each other. Team CP3. And they're, they're taking a picture. Yes, it's Team CP3, but people don't know that, and they're freaking out about it because literally there's a graphic on television. Bulls lose 109-108, whatever it was. And it's literally in front of these guys taking a picture with Chris Paul and Wendell Carter and Kobe White, like right after the loss. And so people are like, this is the worst loss of the year, an embarrassing loss. And these two clowns, a rookie and a second year oh, no, guy, not- are taking a picture with a losing score graphic after blowing a 26 point game, uh, one of the worst losses of recent memory for the Bulls. And the, and the TV cameras catch it all. And as like they're ending the broadcast and going back to the studio, and the Bulls lose 109, 108. And literally, it's just a still shot, like a, a picture of the three guys taking a post game picture, and the Bulls fans hated it. No, they hated it. Does this mean they're gonna hate Kobe forever? Kobe's brother had to come out and be like, "Yo, Bulls fans, are you serious? Like, it's Team CP3. Like, these guys played on Chris Paul's Team CP3 AAU team, and like probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. I don't uh... care about that. Have, have I mean?" It's been a common complaint by the the old people, Gwen and others, by saying, oh, you know, back in my day, you'd rough people up and you wouldn't shake hands before the game, and now it's too much love and not enough hate, whatever. It's definitely a bit too much. Yes. It's gotten better, I think, I don't like that. I I don't care that you—why are you not with your team pissed off that you just blew a 26-point lead? Instead, you're still on the court, and, I mean, there's no other Bulls players in the court. Like, Jim Boylan's back there, and the team's back there, like— is there not a post game conversation that we're having? You just blew mm. a twenty six point lead. What is? I mean, not that they, Jim Boylan would say anything that would be of any value to any human on Earth, but you should be back in the locker room listening to what he says. That's fair. Like he, they're taking post game pictures. I, you know when it's that bad, it's, and, an, it's and, really not that big of a deal. But it's more about the optics of it. It's kind of like mm. Spygate too. Like it's all about the optics. With <laughs> the Bulls, you just had your worst franchise. A franchise record comeback for the Thunder, a 26 point comeback. Mm. You know, in hindsight, and they're uh, taking pictures post game. You know, because uh, whenever that, whenever something like that happens, I try to think if I was playing. Like, you had guys who you were friends with that you played with and on other teams. I'll meet right? up with you afterwards. Right. I ha- I'll text that's, you. That's what you should have done. That's what you should have done. Should have gone up we're to friggin said millionaires. Something. I'll fly t- to you tomorrow. All the, the Bulls, yeah. I know for a fact the NBA buses don't leave until like an hour right. to 90 minutes afterwards. Takes a bit. These guys have all the time in the world Definitely. to shower up, wait till the crowd leaves the arena. All the NBA families literally wait on like yep. the lower bowl, like behind the bench, until Definitely. they're done and they come out. You see it. You know it. Yeah. There's so many opportunities for this picture. Yeah. Do not take it after you just blew a 26-point friggin' lead. It's a dumbass move. You're right. 100%. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's just no feel move, and that's and honestly, now that I think about it, it's like it, it, how long did that take us to figure it out? Two seconds. Two seconds. We're like averagely smart it, human it beings. It shows me that averagely you care Jesus more Christ. about getting a picture for your social media with your idol, whatever. It's fine. Mm. You have so many other opportunities to do that. You're more worried about that in the moment than your team just 
falling on your friggin' face. Yeah. It was so embarrassing last That's night. Really it, it, it's bad. bad. And Jim Boylan last night said, oh, well, you know, I thought we, we, we had a nice response to the run. Mm. No, Jim, God. you didn't. You're an idiot. He has no feel. Because I'm going to develop this bench. I'm going to develop this team. Oh. I got I got, I got, got 15 guys to develop. Oh. <laughs> you poor bastard. He doesn't play Luke Cornett anymore, thank God. Oh, well, there you go. You got that going I don't even for know it. what Luke Cornett happened. He may have fallen off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have the year-end episode. We're going to be recording that bef- like a little bit before Christmas, so if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, like uh, best of, worst of, whatever. So this is for 2019 specifically. That'll be coming around, out around Christmas, so you guys have something to listen to while you're driving around and whatever. Make sure you send us something uh, um, at 5outpod on Twitter or Instagram, and uh, we'll have the decade in review for New Year's Eve-ish. Send the suggestions to the social media. Yeah. Send, same thing. Send the suggestions there as well. We will talk to you guys again next week. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions, I'm just hoping for some- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.